Nation. Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength, health and mindset inside and out. With your host, Steve Katarzy. Guys, I love it when this podcast starts becoming our mouthpiece for answering questions that we're getting in through our community, through email, through friends and family. And it's exactly what we're doing today. So I've had a few people reach out and a couple of people in particular that when they hear this, they will know that this conversation is devoted to them. And you're welcome. Uh, The conversation today is about being stuck in a rut. You know how the story goes, right? You or someone you know once was in good shape. You've been fitter, leaner and healthier previously, but things have slipped and you find yourself without the drive and momentum to get yourself out of the hole. We've all been there, me included. But here's the interesting thing. Most people will say, I'm stuck in a rut. I know what to do, but... What then follows is typically some aspect of past experience when they once lost weight or were in better shape. And of course, there will inevitably be a few facts that they hold gospel to themselves, which quite frankly, usually hold no water based on the latest nutritional science. And this is the essence of the podcast today, guys. It's to understand the psyche, the context, and the unique solution to getting out of the rut for you and people that you know. See, intuitively, we all know that holding extra weight is a function of overeating over a long period of time, right? As such, and combined with past experience and misinformed knowledge, we mostly have just one modality of losing weight. The way that works before, right? If eating too much got me here, then I just need to do the polar opposite. Starve myself of the food and the things I enjoy, and I'll get the results. There's one big problem with that. The motivation to get out of the enjoyable, but dissatisfying rut that you're in, for most people, sounds awful sheer suffering, no fun, punishment. After all, I need to be punished and suffer to right the wrongs of the past and to develop, right? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. And I think that's where we need to go. So let's explore this conversation together. You enjoy where this one goes, I'm sure. But before we get into that, I have a bitch and a moan about my perpetually sore and achy legs. I'm working through the April 19 hyper workouts. I'm constantly sore. I have to let everyone know about it. So you're going to hear it for the first 10 or so minutes. We do talk about our favorite leg exercises too and why we like them. So you might find that interesting. If not, uh, skip forward and within the show notes, you'll see where we get started on the getting stuck in a rut main bulk of conversation. Guys, you're going to enjoy this. And of course, if you've got any questions, any thoughts, any feedback, then you know what to do. You're going to get in touch with us at the Adaptation Facebook page or on the Adaptation Instagram feed. Enjoy, guys. Adaptation. I tell you what, my, my legs are perpetually sore these days. Like constantly sore. Why is that? You got like, are you more leg biased in your program or? Yeah, the, the current program, the April 19 program is is built 
on two pre-heavy leg days, and I would normally only do one, right? So there's two heavy leg days and a lot of volume and yeah. escalating volume every single week. So I'm like hitting my hamstrings more than I've ever done before. Mm. And they just won't, they won't shut up. And they leave you sore. Like when your legs are sore, they're sore because mm. like they can be pretty sore for like three days, four days. I find like smaller muscles, like your abs can like recover in like a day or two. Whereas if your hamstrings are sore, you can best part of a week sometimes. I, lo I like it though. Yeah. Like I've got this Feels weird good. relationship yeah, yeah. with pain. I think a lot of us can relate, right? <laughs> but yeah, when I can feel my hamstrings are just like tight and a bit crampy and like yeah. my range of motion is limited, I think, yeah, wow. That, like that, that, at least I've yeah. done a good workout. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Well, I, I always say that to whoever I'm training, like you don't want to chase that feeling. It's not like if I don't have that feeling, I've not done, an, uh, I've not had an effective workout, mm. but. But I do say, you know, when you have that feeling, it does feel good. Like you feel like, yeah, I've had a good session. But it's been it's been four weeks of this program, and to still be feeling my legs not not it's not major doms. Like you know, I'm trainable because it's not mm. it's not that aggressive. Yeah, but it's present almost all the time, and that's that that's not happened for a long time as you say like you change the stimulus you do a different workout you try a different exercise yeah. you you step up the volume in a different way and then you feel it again but the way this program is set up because it's escalating volume and i'm i'm kind of competing with myself last week in a very deliberate way yeah i'm consciously adding on lots of extra volume every week and as a result the body continues to get that doms feeling so so i, I kind of like it but at some point it, it, it won't last forever i can't yeah. continue to pile on the well, volume. you can't keep pushing volume but i mean what how does that look are you adding more weight and volume or are you just progressing through volume maintaining the same weight so the way the way i built the april 19 is it's got um five pairs of exercises mm -hmm. and a free plate so for each of the days and it's it's not a true bodybuilder split there's at least two major muscle groups being mm -hmm. worked every day uh, but it is a split of sort right so there's two kind of leg dominant days um but there's five pairs to choose from so you may have i don't know lying hamstring curls mm -hmm. or stiff leg deadlifts yeah choose one you have a hip thrust or i don't know something else um uh maybe like pull throughs or something mm -hmm. So the idea is that at each in each and every workout, you know, I can go, do you know what? I want to do this one or that one. And then on top of that, I've kind of, instead of saying three sets or four sets, I've gone three sets plus. So the idea is for me or anyone following is like the minimum is three sets or four sets. The range, the rep range is minimum eight yeah. or 10. And if but if you want to do more, do more. Yeah. But the way I'm ended up doing it is I'm kind of doing my five exercises I want to do, leaving mm -hmm. out the five I've chosen not to do. Yeah. But I'm including those two just to get some extra volume in. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's it's, it's a very interesting way to train because I kind of set the expectation that I want to increase my volume, mm -hmm. my workout volume, seven to ten percent between workout weeks, right? So you do day one, second week you do day one. I want seven percent to ten percent increase in total volume. Top, yeah. Uh, and I've been smashing those numbers because I've been a bit too keen. Mm. <laughs> Just stick a few more of these in, do some heavy shrugs, do some uh, calf raises because I can get loads of volume in there. So you kind of cheat the system a little yeah, bit. Yeah. You know ways to get volume in in less difficult ways, but yeah. volume is volume at the end yeah, of the yeah. day. So um, I think that's what it is. That's just like I keep 
pushing the boundary every week because I've got this competitive workout plan that I'm quite enjoying, you know? The thing is, when you when you push hard, you've got to do even better next time. That's the fucking problem. Like, <laughs> I do like a 20, 30% yeah, yeah. jump in one session. Yeah. Now I've got to get 10% on that. But so far, four weeks in, it's still working. So what... Um, for you, is there any exercises like specifically leg exercises that you try and avoid? Are there ones that you don't like, or are there and are, what are the ones you do like? I don't know. Because let, leg... let, let, let me ask you, like, what what's your what's your relationship with with leg day? Like, uh, is it some, mean, is it is it a nervous, anxious feeling to do legs, or is yeah. it do you enjoy it? No, if I know I've got legs, I. I don't, I, I enjoy doing legs, but I used to hate doing legs because they were shit, basically. I used to be weak. I couldn't do back squats. Um, I used to dread it because it just felt horrible. Yeah. Whereas now I feel strong doing back squats and I, and I love doing them, but that comes with a level of sort of anxiety um, and I have to have a certain amount of, I know it's going to be a bit more of a grind, mm. that session. So I have to be more mentally prepared beforehand. Whereas if I've got a day where I'm doing, say, more upper body focus, say bench press, pull-ups, rows, I, I'm, I'm cool with that. That doesn't really take much mental mm -hmm. preparation. Legs does. Now, if I've got back squats, not too bad. Front squats, I, I'm i not so keen on. They just, they're just hard. Like, that's it. Like, they're horrible. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, again, I'll do them. I, I don't, I don't miss, I don't not do them. I do them. Um, ones that I like doing, so Bulgarian split squats, there's a bit of a love-hate relationship. Um, I hate them more than I love them, let's be clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, it's, it's they're not fun. fine lines. Bit of a, <laughs> yeah, they're, they feel horrible, but I kind of, I like the fact that you're stretching your hip flexor and then you're really hitting those quads. Like It just, it just feels good, but mm -hmm. at the same time, they hurt. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, See, I'd, ra I'd, I'd rather go barbell split squat or reverse barbell lunge. Yeah. Either over. of those two over putting my foot up on the bench. For some reason, putting my foot up on the bench, I just don't like it. Yeah. It's so, you, un you get, you're even more unstable, yeah. aren't you? Because you've got, you haven't got good placement on the floor. You, you are well, like precariously pivoting on this ankle and it, I don't know, it just, it feels half your energy spent on effort and just trying to keep balance yeah. whereas a barbell split squat you still need good strength in that leading leg yeah and you need to but you got a, a more um you got more um of a stable base yeah a little so. bit more so yeah and and i think the range is a little bit less right because obviously you haven't got the stretch yeah. on the back leg so well, i'd rather do those but i think anything unilateral for the legs is horrible yeah, it, isn't yeah it? <laughs> it's never nice and i mean i prefer using dumbbells when i do over barbells okay with bulgarian split squat um so do i actually yeah, yeah. i just find it's it's less wobbly it's just you're, you're the center of mass is less right like rather than having a bar that's plus if, if you're gonna fuck up and you're it, gonna fall yeah. down your hands are ready yeah, 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 right? yeah. whereas you've got a bar on your back it's even yeah, more it's worrisome <laughs> so, so you like those what else do you like yeah i like that um i actually like which isn't a real obvious one but sumo deadlifts okay i quite like sumo deadlifts um i i prefer them over conventional deadlifts I feel quite strong, stable in that position, but I think that's more of a biomechanical advantage because of the way I my body's des designed. Um, just the anthropology just, of your bones, yeah, just fits yeah, a little bit anatomy, nicer. Yeah. yeah, so I, I enjoy them, and uh, I just enjoy the way they feel. I enjoy the benefits because I know my quads are quite weak, so I find I get a lot of benefit from doing 
uh, sumo deadlifts. Okay. Whereas I feel that when I do more hamstring dominant, I I don't feel like I need to do that as much. I think there's a psychological aspect there as well. I feel like I don't need to do them, whereas sumos I do. Um, so it kind of feels that need a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Um, and another one is uh, prowler pushes. So pushing a sled. Oh, right. Um, I like doing that to build sort of um, strength because it's, it's very much a concentric um, way of training your legs because you haven't got the the lengthening. It's a mm. constant push, isn't it, as you're doing it? And I find that's really good for building up my leg strength. So at the gym that I'm at now, I've got a prowler. And I just go, you know, I'm going to do three to five sets of 20 meter pushes with that. And I, yeah, they're, they're good fun. It? Yeah. Knackering, yeah. I, you know, it Especially destroys me. Especially if you me, but pull and then push. Yeah, yeah, pull and then push. You yeah. can do that. So I, I do that occasionally. But I just find they don't leave me feeling too sore. But I can really hammer it. Yeah. Because it's more concentric focused. I can load it's a, it up. It's quite, it's quite, it's almost aerobic though as well though. So there's yeah. that. It's a, it doesn't really fit into the bodybuilding, you know, idea no. of exercises because it is, it's, it's more dynamic, isn't yeah. it? It's more about power than it is about strength, but you can still build up some size doing that, right? Because you're, you're working hard. Well, I, the way I see it is that it kind of carries over. So it builds strength, which then carries over to when I do lunges or split squat or, or back squat, which then in turn builds more muscle because I'm lifting more weight. Yeah. Um, so I find that helps. Um but also for me, like I like having the performance um, side of training. So I find like that for me, I like having the kind of uh, fits, different. Fits your modality, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Just a little, little bit My more dynamic. Type. Exactly. So I yeah. think for me, it is, yeah, it's the sumo deadlifts, it's the sled pushes and Bulgarian split squats. I think those are my three kind of main go-tos. Right. I would say for me, um, same thing. L leg day is... <sighs> I'm 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 starting to enjoy it yeah. because I know I, I know I burn more calories. I know I get more volume in. Um I feel that there's more muscle growth as a result because there's just a lot more muscle being worked at yeah. any one given time. And it feels like there's more work. You just feel like you've really had a workout after leg day. Yeah. So there's this kind of like masochistic side of me which is like <laughs> I know it's shit. I know I've got to get myself in the right frame of mind to do legs whereas Doing upper body, you don't have to be as psyched up necessarily. Yeah, definitely not. Um, more endurance and biceps and stuff like that. You know, you're just trying to plow through the the, mm. the pump and the burn. But with legs, everything hurts. So yeah, it's a bit of a love hate relationship for me. But I I'm I found my new enjoyment in training my hamstrings, and I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's because I feel I need to train my hamstrings mm -hmm. or aesthetically, I think it would look good. I don't know, but I'm enjoying that. So anything hamstring dominant like i love doing hip thrusts yeah i work the glutes as well uh i love doing stiff leg deadlifts i've only yeah. really recently understood what a stiff leg is versus an rdl yeah yeah um and i prefer the stiff legs yeah that really gets a good stretch do you want to elaborate kind of on the that? difference yeah yeah yeah. so rdls are considered to be just beyond the knee yeah uh with a bit of a uh, softening of the knees and, yeah. and bending of the knees as you get to just below the knees, mm -hmm. and you're not supposed to put the weight down. Yeah. You're supposed to keep good deadlift form, keep the bar close to your body throughout. Mm -hmm. With a stiff leg, the idea is really you should be lifting from the floor. Mm -hmm. With your legs stiff, your your hips higher, and you're allowed to 
um, round your thoracic a little bit, your upper back a little bit, and you want the bar to stay away from your body. Mm. So instead of it staying close, you're actually trying to keep distance from the bar to create more leverage, yeah. more of a lever, more, more, more challenge on your hamstrings. So the idea is you are touching and going onto the floor. Okay. You're keeping your ham, hamstrings as tight as possible throughout, and you're allowing deadlift form to break down a little bit mm. for the benefit of getting the stretch and the activation of the hamstring. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I love those. Yeah. So I like I those. I've tried those, that, that variation. So. so I love those. I even like Nordic curls. Yeah. They're pretty hard, but they're quite fun. Um, and line leg cable curl kind of mm -hmm. uh, curls. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I don't have a line curl machine, but I've got the cable you machine. You adapt it to the, yeah. And I've made it work. So that's quite fun. Yeah, so I'd say hamstrings probably are my favorite because I don't know. I feel, I feel they're they're quite strong. Yeah, like my deadlift is stronger on my conventional deadlift mm -hmm. than it is sumo, and I think my quads are they're okay, mm. but they're the ones that fatigue the most. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. especially in the squats and stuff, especially the front squats. Ugh, <laughs> Bulgarian right position. Bulgarian yeah. horrible walking lunges. <laughs> I'll do them. Yeah, I, I see the value of the stability and all that kind of stuff, but but I can't say but... I can't say I ever enjoy doing <laughs> unilateral work, and I get anxious when I do really heavy squats. I think I think with you, you like the strength aspect. I, I know you like lifting heavy. You like the intensity, the intent. So I find like when the next size is more stable, I find I. I I assume you enjoy that more over one that's less stable, i.e. a unilateral exercise like a lunge, a split squat, just because that's not filling that need that you have where you enjoy the heavy lifting because you spend half the time trying to balance. And trying to stabilize. Trying to stabilize. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'd imagine there's kind of that element yeah. to it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just I, Who likes walking lunges? I don't know. Maybe I, some I people do. I quite like him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I quite like him. But that's what I mean because it kind of got, yeah. it kind of speaks to me a little bit because yeah. I, I, I like the performance um, elements of training a little mm. bit more. Um, so I find that walking lunges has that. Single leg stuff has more of a, a an athletic. It does, yeah. Uh, approach to or element to training versus um, strength. It doesn't. It doesn't. But yeah. yeah. See, I I do single leg stuff <laughs> only because uh, basically I wouldn't do single leg stuff. One, if you didn't tell me I had to, like for the unilateral stuff. Yeah, I get yeah. it, right? <laughs> uh, but two, because I don't have like a leg press and I don't have a leg extension, yeah. I need to create novel ways of creating enough quad not isolation because it isn't but you know what i mean i'm yeah. trying to get more pressure on my quads yeah and doing like a barbell split squat where i'm really like put, you know putting my my heel into mm -hmm. the floor and leaving almost all of the weight on that front leading foot i feel like i'm really well, start to get some isolated work done on the quads yeah. do you know what i mean cool. versus <laughs> just working my back and working my whole body when i do a back squat exactly if you think about it if you're in a hotel room like i rather than if i want to work my quads which sometimes i i will do if i'm away i will do a single leg pistol squat versus um a bodyweight squat because i'm that's adding more load to my mm. quads so i find doing that way yeah if you haven't got the equipment if you haven't got a leg press then how do i add more load and then by doing that unilateral work, then you're essentially doubling the load, aren't you? Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. So, when when I do my barbell split squats, I'll put ninety, you know, eighty to ninety kilograms on the bar. I'm currently squatting one sixty, so it's about 
fifty percent, maybe even a little bit more. Yeah. And I quite I quite enjoy trying to strengthen that stability of that that yeah. front muscle. But I'm doing it mostly just so I can get enough yeah. quad isolation. And I mean, just need you, a leg press. If I had that, yeah. then I probably wouldn't do yeah, it. Yeah, well, that could be your next purchase. <laughs> I think. Do you, I mean, single leg work makes me so sore, so mm. sore. Whereas I find like doing back squats, front squats, that's fine. Sumo deadlifts, none of that makes my legs that sore. But when I do unilateral work, like Bulgarian split squats or walking lunges, that just destroys my legs. Yeah, and it, it, it might, it might. I think it's the fact that there's so many stabilizing yeah, muscles I happening, think, yeah. and there's a bigger stretch, yeah. typically on one of one of the legs. Greater range of motion, usually. Yeah. Adaptation. All right, that's enough of us digressing on leg yeah, day, yeah. man. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Love hate relationship for sure. Um, what I wanted to talk about today, Bryn, and I'm hopeful. I'm hoping this relates to quite a few people. Is this idea of um getting stuck in a rut mm-hmm. when it comes to just your physique generally right and this got triggered i'm not going to mention the um, the friend's name because I, I don't think you'd appreciate it but a friend reached out recently and said you know like i know how to lose weight i've done it a number of times throughout my life um i've weightlifted before i've got into endurance uh, stuff before i i know how to get fit, feel healthy, lose weight. But life has got the best of me over the last year or so, put on a bit too much weight. Mm-hmm. And you know how it goes. You know, I put on weight and now I get less fit and I don't want to do the the fit things I know I need to do anymore. Yeah. I can't do my 100K cycle because I don't feel I've got it in me. So therefore, like, what do I do? And I know I'm eating too much food. I know I'm eating too much carbs. So maybe I should just do a keto diet. Mm-hmm. And it and it struck me as in, an interesting concept, this idea of getting stuck in a rut. And like, what is it? What's happening? Right? Because I would say nine times out of 10, when someone enters into a discussion about the fact that they've, they're holding a bit too much weight, or they just don't feel as fit or healthy as they should do. Mm-hmm. The answer is almost always, I know what I need to do. Mm-hmm. But and then yeah. come the excuse yeah. right and um, this isn't judge, judging because i've been there too right but it'll be like i know what i need to do i've just got to eat loads of less food but the problem is when i eat loads of less food it, basically i can't have any of the foods i want mm-hmm. i'm not ready for that psychologically right now mm. do you know what i mean yeah or i i know i can't have the f- things i enjoy or it's a defeatist mentality of like i've got too much to lose yeah you know i'm past it now and it's, it's gonna take too long you know it sounds complicated the way you're talking about it whatever you know there's just a lot of resistance yeah. when you're not in the frame of mind of being healthy being fit managing your weight when you when you fall off of that track the gap widens but the answer is always the same. I know what I need to do. Yeah, uh, and I just I, that strikes me as an interesting discussion, a place to start in this chat. Yeah, I mean, you if you think all the information we ever need is out there. So I think like if you really needed the answer, you can just Google it. Really, like I mean, there's a difference from reading something and knowing it, and really knowing it, mm-hmm. really getting it. But I find that a lot of people have that issue where and me included um where i know what i need to do but i can't do it mm-hmm. but i don't know why i'm like what what's the 
psychological sticking point for me that's stopping me from yeah. from taking action because I know what I need to do, but I'm not. And there's a barrier, and I don't know what that barrier is. I don't know how to break through that barrier. Some and and for for me, I found that I sometimes over I'll, I'll overcomplicate something so that it makes it harder for me to do it. And I'll do that as a kind of a self sabotage, so mm -hmm. that okay. Well, actually, if I want to get in shape, it's actually quite simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. If I really, really know how simple it is, and if I make it really simple, there's no excuse for me not to do it. However, if I start talking about keto and I start overcomplicating the process, now I can start saying, mm, I can start looking into keto and making the whole thing a little bit more complicated than it should be. And that then starts putting more barriers in my way, which can slow me down. That's a good point. So I find that I've gone, I, that's how I've helped myself by going, I need to just make it so simple, but I need to also realize I'm tripping myself up by making it not simple. So I need to watch that. Have that's, you, have you experienced that? Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I can think of many times when, I've decided to lose weight or do anything for that matter. Mm -hmm. And it quickly snowballs from a simple concept to a complicated one, partly because it's in my nature to, you know, get into the detail, Complexity. understand all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And then you use, use how complex the process is going to be as a, well, it's not the right time to do that right yeah. now. Yeah. Fucking it's hell. I, wanted, I just wanted to lose some weight, <laughs> but now it's like a 10 step program and like, yeah. oh, I'm not ready for that. Yeah. I completely, completely agree with that. I, I wonder though, if it's simpler, Mm -hmm. And the reason I say this is um, just watching a few Facebook conversations back and forth and I saw someone say something about like falling off the rails and someone said, yeah, I just need to lose a bit of weight. And then the response was, so why aren't you losing weight? I know what I need to do. I'm just not doing it. What, what do you need to do? And the guy said, oh, just, I drink too much booze. I have too much carbs. Uh, and I don't exercise. That's it. So what would you need to do? I, I just need to stop drinking my booze, have to have no carbs, and I've got to do shitloads of cardio. And that was interesting because in part he was correct. Mm -hmm. Probably drinking far too much booze, probably having far too many carbs, not enough protein, and probably not exercising much, if mm -hmm. not at all. But his answer wasn't necessarily the only answer or even the quote-unquote right answer mm -hmm. and i get that all the time this sense of people just i know what i need to do i've just got to go on the stir fry and a salad i've just got to have a soup diet mm -hmm. i've just got to basically go on major abstinence go in starvation mode and then i'll be fine it's, it's, i've done it before I've done it loads of times lost loads of weight before it works every time i just don't eat i lose weight Mm -hmm. stop my snacks yeah stop my biscuits stop my sugary drinks i'll lose weight and like yes that's true but when you only have one mode which is basically super aggressive like turn yeah. my life upside down really i'm gonna be an emotional wreck i'm gonna feel like shit i'm gonna miss life throughout the whole time i'm doing this i can understand why you don't want to do that very yeah. often yeah and i can understand when a diet or losing weight sounds like i'm gonna have to give up all the things i enjoy it's gonna be shit i'm gonna put the weight back on mm -hmm. it's gonna take much longer than i want it to 
I'm going to have to start training again. That's a ball ache. Mm. And then I hear some people talking about extreme things training. like keto or vegan, or then I'm going to have to do like six-day training programs. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Too much work. Sounds I'm, painful, miserable, boring. When am I going to get my Netflix in? Like, come on, just stop. And that, I think, is the thing that causes people to get in the rut most mm. is that, yes, they know what to do, but they know one way to do it. And it's probably the way which causes most suffering. Yeah. And I think there's this big connection between people feel the need. It's almost like a badge of honor that if I'm going to get something I want, if I want it either, if, if I want a better outcome or I want to guarantee my outcome, I've got to maximize the suffering. Mm -hmm. More suffering equals better outcome. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's strictly true. No. I definitely agree that suffering is part of growth. Mm. But I don't think like losing weight just has to be one of sheer suffering and torture. It doesn't have to be that way at all. It's but just, most people only know that way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just slight discomfort. It's like if you think about it in terms of let's use, let's use training for an example because it's an easy one. If you want to get stronger on, say, the back squat, as we're talking about legs, if you want to get stronger on back squat, you don't have to lift the failure every single time to get stronger. Most people think that's the answer because you'll see it again, commercial gyms, people trying to get stronger. They're putting as much weight on the bar as possible, lifting as many reps as they can, and they're going to absolute failure. And that's not fun. But you know what? You can actually get stronger, feel amazing and make progress staying shy of failure mm -hmm. it's still uncomfortable but it's not as uncomfortable it's yeah. not that extreme that people think like i have to have this really painful experience actually yes there has to be some push to change but it doesn't have to be this really hardcore painful extreme experience which you might think it might might be right and i i think you know, I think about people in my family. I can think of so many friends, mm -hmm. uh, you know, through the various times of my life that I know even now or previously. And I, I can I can imagine their response to this situation, whether they're out of, out of shape now or not. I know based on their personality, some what some people would probably say, right? Mm. Every my whole life, you know, the whole essence of enjoyment is oriented around the things that I know I need to give up. Yeah. And I need to give them up to lose weight, right? And I'm not willing to do that. But I don't like the way I look and I wish I could lose the weight. I'm just stuck in a rut. But yeah, I don't think it's about taking responsibility. I think it's about only having one modality. Mm -hmm. And when you only have one modality to solve the problem and that modal modality sucks, mm -hmm. you're not going to want to do it. So the question well, is, is there other modalities? Yeah. Are there are there less painful ways of achieving the outcome of managing your body weight yeah. in perpetuity, which, yeah, give you the liberating freedom to enjoy your life, eat the food you want, have fun, have a social life, like mm -hmm. do the things that you want yeah. life to be about and still manage your weight? I know the answer is yes, mm. but that's one of ed education enablement. Yeah. And we're going to hopefully cover some of that. Yeah, and I find um, that it's almost like you almost feel like you're moving away. If you want to change your body, you want to get in shape, you have to move away from pleasure and move towards pain. And like you're saying there, it doesn't actually have to be that way. Well, it doesn't have to be binary. Mm. I think that's the point, isn't it? It doesn't have to be, it's not I've one got thing. maximum yeah. pleasure right now. 
and to lose weight, I have to have maximum pain and mm-hmm. no pleasure. I'm saying you're going to have some pain, mm-hmm. but you can still keep a have ton of well. ton of ton yeah. of um, pleasure, more pleasure than you anticipate. But you first have to be enabled. Yeah. So that then got me thinking. So if that's the kind of the reason, right? I know what I need to do, but right naive confidence basically yeah and and unfortunately that naive confidence gets in the way of listening like i know like if you know what if you if you in your head know what you need to do and i come at you and say brin i know what you need to do you got to do this diet or do it this way or track calories but mm-hmm. you'd be like steve i don't need to hear it i know what i need to do mm. i just need to stop drinking my booze mm. i need to stop eating all the carbs and basically go on a keto diet like because you are potentially resistant because you've already locked in knowledge, like the, what you have as knowledge is finite, that this is all I need to know. And you're not malleable or flexible or willing to hear alternative opinions. Mm-hmm. I think that can get people stuck. So, so, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, what do you hear when someone says to you, I know what I need to do, but like, what, what are you hearing? Like, in your mind, what, what are they really saying to you? Because to well, to, what does it, what does it mean to you? Yeah. To me, it feels like they're saying, "I know what to do," but I don't want to listen to you. <laughs> well, no, I think it's like the, the the after the but will come the real question or sort of the reason. Sorry, so I know what I need to do, but I need I'm I'm asking you because I need you to take me out of my pattern, my rut. I'm in a rut, and I need you to disrupt my pattern mm. because i'm in i'm in a certain pattern right now i'm doing the same thing over and over i want to get out of it but i don't know how and i need someone to come push me over i need someone to come literally give me a shove and that's why i'm almost tapping you on the shoulder to kind of get you to maybe hold them accountable or just mm. ask the right questions maybe inspire because I don't feel like they're looking for the for magic knowledge. bullet or the knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. They're looking for the, the the push. And I find that's what I hear. When someone says that to me, it's like, cool, you know what you need to do. You're asking me, you're not actually asking me anything. You're you know asking me do. how, but it's not ha- yeah, how that yeah. you need. Or at least you think you know what you need to do. So it's not the how you want. Mm-hmm. You just want the inspiration. So I I, I find, okay, well let's start with inspiration and accountability let's work on all of that and then we can start looking at what do you know because you you say you know but what do you know yeah and then break that down a little bit and see how we can help and support um in my mind that's kind of the approach and feel that i have when that question comes my way would you agree is that how you feel i I think that's right i think it's bang on man um i hadn't thought about it that way but you're right because it's this weird weird kind of push-pull question that you get it's mm. like i know what i need to do but help me yeah and it's like well do you even want my help or do you want to do do it the way you know well that, that, that my, my my recommendations may match your knowledge they may not yeah but if you think you already know what to do but you're not doing it and it's not working and you are where you are mm-hmm. i need you to come to me willing to be proven wrong Mm -hmm. because if you're not willing to be proven wrong and you're not willing to perhaps throw away some old beliefs about what weight loss is about then you're going to always default to that way of losing weight when when the going gets tough it's like okay i'm just going to not eat yeah it's easier that way but it isn't because it's incredibly hard yeah do you know what i mean so I, i think there's a bit of that there's not knowing if you do want the help but i think you you've got you've probably hit it deeper which is 
maybe it's not the how I want from you. It's mm-hmm. the encouragement. Yeah, yeah. It's the the what almost. What what do you want? And it's it's that that accountability. Because I I I know if I ask you for help, it I'm I'm asking you to basically parent me almost. Mm. Not in a contradictory way, but as in in a in a I'm going to hold you accountable and I'm gonna I'm gonna check in on you because that will work. And I know I, I might not be almost I might not be conscious of that decision when I'm asking you, but deeper down, I think that's what I need. So I know I'm seeking you're, out. You're seeking out my the accountability from me, perhaps. Yeah. And I, I mean, yeah. I, I've, I've done it through work. Like I have questions I ask with work and it's like, I just need that accountability to, to make me do it. So I feel like if anyone's listening now and this is, and you aren't stuck in a rut and you feel like, what, why am I, stuck in a rut like how can i get out of this rut i i think that finding someone and and even if you do know what you need to do don't hold back and think i'm not gonna because i know what i need to do i'm just gonna sit here and not ask anyone you know talk to people and, and, and ask them for help and you know even if you tell them you know what you need to do ask them because you might need that accountability that push you might need that guidance almost mm. and you'll learn something new along the way we always do everyone does you know if you talk to someone else get a different perspective you, you get new knowledge bombs and that just moves you in a different direction to what you might have expected to. So I think that's fair. Yeah. So, I mean, it, for, for the question that we're talking about, I mean, what, what can, in your mind then, what, what can someone do? What's one of the ways that they can. So, so I think that that is where, where these questions ultimately come from. It's, mm-hmm. and I've had, I've, I've had so many of them over the last year and a half yeah. I, I i know that this is a common thread it's like uh, people want to tell me that they have adequate knowledge because they don't want to seem they don't want to come across naive or yeah. or stupid right so like this is all i know and, I, and it's usually sound sound knowledge but they're still asking for advice and i struggle with giving advice because i know what works at the fundamental level like mm-hmm. you know i've educate myself to the point that I know the, the mechanisms behind weight loss and it's pretty straightforward, but mm-hmm. I've gone through that journey yeah. of understanding it personally through my own personal anecdotes. But I know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. I know what the things, the dials that I need to adjust. And I also know what I need to measure and what things I don't need to pay attention to. But with that education, that awareness, that knowledge, I now have freedom. But I could tell you what I do but I know it's not going to necessarily work for everyone. And that's what I've been battling with is how do I give you what you need knowing yeah. you're not the same as me? Yeah. And again, one of the guys who got in touch with me was saying, like, I think I'm just going to do a keto diet. Uh, and then another guy said, I'm just going to do shitloads of cardio. And I just, I personally would not do either of those things. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean they shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. And then it got me thinking, well, this really is, it's, it's the personality is is the context yeah you need to understand the personality who's asking the question to then match the process yeah. because the fundamentals of weight loss calorie balance uh you know physique development these are whilst we can talk about them until we're blue in the face and there's studies every two seconds mm-hmm. you know studying the specifics the the, the the minor detail trying to seek new wisdom the reality is Losing weight is incredibly simple. It's one of calorie balance. Um, but to guarantee calorie balance, you need to know how many calories you're consuming and burning. Mm. That can be subjective, but 
you can measure it to a pretty good degree. Mm-hmm. But you need to be able to go there and want to go there. So I know what I need to do. And I've got four or five articles. I'd say, you know, read my weight loss article, read my last cut, and you see how quickly I lost weight and how painless it was for mm-hmm. me emotionally and psychologically. You know, I point people to my IFYM plus thrive kind of eating approach. I'd send them to look at the adaptation food diary for meal ideas. I'd point them to a couple of podcasts where we talked about addicted foods. And then I'd point them to the hyper workouts and say, between that, you've got everything that I follow from how to build a program, how to manage my calories, mm-hmm. how to remove addictive food, how to manage my weight in what feels like an effortless fashion. Mm-hmm. But not everyone's like me. <clears throat> And not everyone has has even the knowledge or the willingness to gain the knowledge. Yeah. And I think that is where I get some I get some blowback <clears throat> from what I do at Adaptation is some people see me as extreme and therefore what I describe must be extreme mm-hmm. and therefore must be out of reach. So the it depends is it depends on your psyche, it depends on your personality profile, your your emotional response to food and it depends on your physical needs you know from a macronutrient perspective and what works best for you what fuels you and only when i can understand the person would it be right to judge whether their idea is right or wrong and or what i would recommend because maybe a keto diet is bang on for the person who's reaching out to me because he needs a slap in the face go cold turkey rip the band-aid off kind of extreme exposure and it's with that stoicism and discipline. Yeah, it's a it's a life shock, mm-hmm. and that shock is going to what's what will get him into place. Plus, he's quite a law abiding guy once he decides. So yeah. maybe that's perfect for him. But for most people, I would speak to, I would not recommend a keto diet because try running your life not never having a carb. I mean, fuck me, I I, yeah. I, I couldn't I couldn't think of anything worse. So yeah. I wouldn't recommend it. But I'm not going to tell someone not to do it if their personality matches the diet. Well, that, that I mean, there's like you said, losing weight is a, a matter of energy balance. It's law of thermodynamics, right? So if you've if you've got someone that is a slightly more extreme personality, and they're like, I just I want to lose weight quickly because I know if I do it slowly, I will I will derail and I will mm-hmm. just go back to my ways. So I I need to see results. I I'm, I need to see that. And this is my experience as a coach back in the day, I would have been like, no, 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 no. We need to do about a 10% calorie reduction. We need to be in a calorie calorie deficit of about 10%. Whereas now I'll go, cool, let's do an aggressive cut because I'm going to, that's not necessarily what I want them to do, but that's what I know will work for them. Yep. And then I'll work on that later. I'll go, okay, now how are we going to make that sustainable? Because being in a massive de- calorie deficit right now may not be um, uh, sustainable long-term, but that's going to get you on the right journey and that's going to keep you on this journey for at least a month, two months, three months. And then let's ease you into a more sustainable way of maintaining that. And I find that that's putting it into context. Who, who's asking a question? Because if it's, if it's, it, answer has to match their personality. And if your personality is more extreme, you're probably going to want a more extreme approach. I'm, I'm on the same page, man. I mean, I, you know, the right answer feels like to put people in a, a, a moderate low change sequence of events where you kind of almost like boil the frog type mm-hmm. setup, right? Like things change, but so gradually that they become 
habitual. It yeah. feels effortless and they're losing weight. It's like, wow, that's a glorious thing. I know that's a possible path. And if you're willing to have a slightly longer term perspective, say instead of thinking three weeks, four weeks, we're thinking to the end of the year. So yeah. maybe you've got six, seven, nine months to de- dedicate towards getting, you know, undoing the 30 or 40 or 50 years of wrong. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a long time frame. Like if we can think how quick a year goes, like yeah. already we're four months into the year, it's gone gone so quickly, like a like a flash. Mm. If you can get people to think, okay, life is a marathon. Give me, give me, let's let's put a nine, twelve month plan together. And by plan, I mean that's the milestone in which I'm going to judge results yeah. against. And if we can ease myself into change, that for me, like like. Ideally, I'd want people to do that mm-hmm. and do that with 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 education yeah. so they know what they're doing. But I know that's not what everyone wants. Yeah. I think most people don't. I, I know whenever I've wanted to lose weight, if someone said to me, right, Steve, I'm going to educate you <laughs> and we're going to lose 0.1 pound fat <laughs> a week for the first 10 weeks and then we might amp it up a little bit. I'd be like, I'm not even going to lose a pound <laughs> like, nah, mate. in like in like almost three months. Like, no thanks. I know how to lose weight. <laughs> yeah. I won't eat. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think if people want the extreme, like they, they feel like there's so much wrong with my life, mm-hmm. like in terms of like my eating habits and stuff, that the only way to change is extreme shock. Because if it's gradual, I'm yeah. not going to make the changes necessary. I think that's valid. I think some yeah. people do need a slap on the face, like turn my life upside down to create the the newness the novelty well how, the how problem the problem is with that though is that that willpower runs out so quickly yeah. when you go from you know loads of carbs whether it be refined carbs and starchy carbs and stuff like that hardly any protein too many calories complete freedom of what you eat when you eat uh, no real idea of concept of portion size or calories and then you slam them with a a vegan diet. Yeah. Like, that's just it's too like, much. That's, it's not going to work. <laughs> but you, so there's, I've come across people in the past that have said, I've, I've, I'm trying to lose weight. I've cut out sugar from that. I've cut out sugar. I've had no sugar. And again, my response would be like, no, 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 no. It's not sugar. And I'll try and educate on calories. And I'd say, no, you, you should have, you can have sugar. It's fine. That's more sustainable. Da, 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 da. But now I'm like, no, no, that's cool. Like, cut it out. If you can do that, can you do that? And they're like, yeah, 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 I can do that. I'm pretty good at doing it. I can do it for a month. Well, I've done it for a month before for Lent or whatever. So I'm like, cool, you carry on doing that. And then slowly we start talking more and more about what weight loss actually means and, yes. and, and how that happens. I think that's fair, man. Because the thing is like, it, if you, and that, that means they're eating less crap in their diet and, and by default calories typically tend to drop and not always, but sometimes or more often than not, they start to lose weight, not because of sugar, but the calorie reduction. And the fact that that's happening quite quickly is very, um, it's almost like a bias reassurance of of like results showing you, yes, this is working and gives you more energy, gives you more motivation because you're like, wow, I'm getting results. Only, only I- problem is when you when you think that it's your approach that's causing that the weight and loss only that. versus yeah. actually it's the the mechanisms that underpin the approach yeah. that are making me lose weight. If I, if I can be educated and understand the mechanism, yeah. then, oh, I can apply that mechanism to almost any diet and lose yeah. weight. Now, all of a sudden, I've got complete flexibility. Maybe 
going low carb just works for me. Maybe yeah. I don't need a lot of carbs. And then cutting them out is a great way to save on tons of calories. And I feel better. I'm mentally sharper. Great. If you can do it, mm-hmm. then do it. At the same breath, if going vegan, you know, it ticks loads of boxes for you, do it. And if you if you go vegan, you're likely going to lose a lot of weight if yeah. you're not stick, you know, if you're not slamming down loads of pasta. And and do you and, know what I mean? And then then you could go, you know, you could do paleo, you could do you know, you could do a Weight Watchers diet. You could do some other extreme yeah. kind of um, like five two or something like that. All of these things work, and I know everyone hears that all the time. And then the answer is calorie deficit. And it almost seems a bit tired. Yeah, but cal- you need to understand how to achieve a calorie deficit. Yeah, and to do that for me, I think like ultimately, I need to get some willing eventually. Mm-hmm to want to count their calories yeah. and understand roughly how many calories they're burning. Because once they understand that piece, yeah. just like Michelle's in-laws, that like the, that that penny has dropped and now like life yeah. is effortless. Yeah, yeah. Like they in that they're enjoying what they're eating. They're enjoying knowing how to lose weight. Like they're both, you know, in their sixties or just gone to turn sixty and they're both like for the first time confident on how to lose weight whilst not being in immense pain and it's like whoa well where, it, where, where was this all my life because you you know what the realization you know what's happened it, we they've they've gone from being in this mist of of uh complicated methods there's methods everywhere and now they've gone oh actually the overriding principle is calorie deficit okay now i need to be in a calorie deficit what are the methods I can now use to get into that deficit, whether that's Atkins diet, Cambridge diet, or whether that's keto, whether that's being a vegan, vegetarian. Um, once you pick your method, because the, the method will be different depending on your personality. It yep. might be you want a more extreme approach. You might want to do it because it's uh, more environmentally friendly to be a vegan, because that for me is important. Personally, yep. that might be for someone else. So you might go, okay, that, is enough of a reason for me to stick to being a vegan, let's say. I'm not vegan, but um, but that's another reason. It might be lifestyle. You might go, okay, a fasting approach works best for me because, you know what, I'm busy and I work an early shift. Exactly. So yeah. I can't actually eat. Well, I can eat, but it takes up my lunch break. And actually, you know what, when I finish at two o'clock, I'll probably enjoy my food more. So what if I don't eat until two o'clock in the afternoon? So... It's going, okay, well, I need to be in a calorie deficit. Which one of these methods works for me yes. and my lifestyle yeah. and my beliefs? And then I will choose my method and that will be the more sustainable long term. I, th- I think that's that's so so right. But let's also agree that you don't have to have a branded diet. No, well, no. So, so sometimes yeah. it just, just enabling... We put names on them. So, but... You know, the, the simplicity of having a name, saying, yeah. okay, an approach of eating, eating like paleo, for example... You say the word, if someone's read about it, they'll know roughly what that means, right? Yeah. Keto, they'll know roughly what that means. So I can understand the kind of bias to want to kind of put yourself in a camp mm-hmm. to identify with something. Um, but the reality is, you know, you, you could choose any one of those. Yeah. And as long as you are thinking about nutrient density, mm-hmm. whilst you're looking to manage your weight, any of these work. Yeah. If nutrient density is a priority you know, you're going to be well and lean, mm-hmm. right? If um, if you do IIFYM dieting, which is just eat what you want within your calories, but they could all be donuts, mm-hmm. I'd, I would question whether this is good for you long term. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But 
I, I think there's another thing playing here, right? I think too often we all get uh, wrapped up in, okay, what do I need to remove? What about if the question is, I want you to think about calories mm -hmm. and I want to think about, and, and instead I want you to think about what you have to add. That's a different discussion because if I say to you, here's a calorie budget, right, we've said it, we've understood it based on where you're at and what you want to get to and how quickly you want to lose weight. We've, we've understood your psychology and how much tolerance to pain and how, how fast you want results. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we've given you a calorie budget. So that's the takeaway part because no doubt that number is going to be lower than what you're used to. But where we're going to add is now let's not focus about what you're going to remove. Can't have this. You can't have that. No, you can have all of those things once you've had enough of these foods. Mm. And what do I mean by that? I mean protein, right? Once you get enough protein in your diet, and you can map that through breakfast, lunch, and dinner if you want, have a bit of a plan, however you want to do it, but you've got to hit your protein number. So that's an ad. I need you to get enough protein. Mm -hmm. And I would like you to get diverse vegetables where you can. It's up to you which ones you like. But beyond that, you want the coffee, you want the wine, you want the chocolate, you want the snacks, you want the nuts, you want the, you know, the fried this or that. If you keep to your calories and you get enough protein, I don't care what you eat. Mm. Um, but have a bias towards nutrient density if you can, which is, hey, you know, something whole and uh, you know, from the ground is probably going to be better for you yeah. than something fried. But yeah. your choice. I I think that's not what people hear. People hear, what do I need to remove? Mm -hmm. Versus, in most cases, and I, I I hop back to the my experiences. The thing I'm having to kind of guide people on is you need to eat shitloads more protein. And once you do that, you'll realize you won't have as many calories for everything else, and then you work it out. But you'll realize you're just you're not as, you're not any any more hungry. Mm -hmm. You know you're not starving because you're getting satiating food. Yeah. And actually, the calorie balance we've set is a lot higher than you expected. You think like this ain't gonna work because I mean too much food. Yeah. I mean two thousand calories a day and I'm losing weight. No, he's got it wrong. And then I lose weight. And like, oh, okay, I'm not losing three pounds a day. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But I'm losing weight. Yeah. And it kind of feels like I shouldn't be. Because I'm not actually making that much of a change or sacrifice. It's not as painful and that, that, as it should be. That's where I would love for people to get to. Yeah. But if you want to, if you want to divert through an extreme diet just because it gets you going, all the power to you. But learn the lesson of what the diet's teaching. Well, you. That's like, it. What are what what are you doing that's yeah. causing that diet to work? And then be able to apply the mechanism ongoing, not their approach. Yeah. Because I don't think keto for your whole life, no. never going out of ketosis is sustainable for 99.9% yeah. .9 of the population. You know, only certain people can do that and mm -hmm. enjoy it. Like, I need you to know that if you want to go into keto, you can also come out of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it's like, that's that's it. It's, it's, it's figuring out what are the, the main principles. It's, it's calorie control. And then obviously then you layer it and go, okay, now protein. So now as long as you stick to these two things, now how do we do that? And then it could be, well, you like fish, so that you can add plenty of fish to you. You don't like fish. Okay, cool. Then what do you like? Do exactly. you like red meat? We're not going like to have we're not going to have a fish and broccoli diet. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Exactly. Because so that's go, what cool. people think, right? And it, chicken, rice, and broccoli is that all I'm condemned to for the next yeah X week. And then when you look at it and you go, but why are they eating chicken? It's not it's not the chicken. It's not the chicken that's making them get shredded. It's the it's meat. Like you're splitting hairs. If you're looking at like turkey or or, or chicken. 
Like, if you're just looking to lose weight, don't worry. Like, mm-hmm. look at the overriding principle. Why? Why are they eating meat? Like, it's because it's high in protein. It's because it's lower in calories. So it's 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 quite freeing. Um, like you said, your your um, when you're talking about um, your partner's parents, so they they they've realised what they need to do, and now they can just be flexible with it. They've realised that they can go out and eat every weekend. Yeah, it's like whoa. Okay. We can go out, and I don't I, have to feel guilty about and, it. And, and you know what? I know I probably had a little bit more calories that day than I'd want to, but for six days of the week, I'm going to be on it. I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I know roughly what collateral damage that meal has caused. I can manage that. I'm psychologically okay with that. Yeah. And then we get back on it. And they found foods they like. They found a format that works, some cooking processes that work well for them, some convenience food that fits the mold. But I've not once said to them, you can't have anything. I've said you probably eat too many carbs. Yeah. And you probably don't have any any protein. And I was right. Like they had not next to no protein in their diet. Mm-hmm. Like fix that. Yeah. But I'm not saying don't have carbs. I'm just saying you have carbs with your balance if you want to. Yeah. And to see where your where your body and your mind responds. And I think that's so freeing, man. But I think I think in you know, as you, as you think through the steps it's a lot easier to just follow the rules without understanding the mechanism. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think a lot of people want to go there, right? I want yeah. to follow a diet. I don't necessarily need to know why it works. I just need to know what it is yeah. and then do it. Mm-hmm. And I've got no problem with that. But my, my hope is go do that and go read some material, listen to us, go speak to someone, educate yourself on the mechanism. Because once you get bored of that diet approach, you've then got the knowledge and then that then gets to my last point of this kind of like uh, overall, like the extreme diets thing. So like there's there's obviously the diets we've spoke about, but mm. I've also been on aggressive cuts. I've been on mild cuts and then aggressive cuts. My last cut, I lost a stone in five weeks and hardly any muscle, which is like, you know, the nirvana, where you want to be when you when you look to lose weight. And I've done it effortlessly. I ate big meals throughout. I had two days a week when I basically ate pretty much whatever I wanted mm-hmm. within context. Yeah. It was it was without drama. It was easy. Mm. And like I can't help but to tell people like, that's how you lose weight, man. Yeah, like, yeah. Do it the way I done it. It was fucking simple. <laughs> like literally, I lost weight at the pace and timing to the T. Like I wanted to look by be X weight by this date, and I, I was on it by that date. It was literally was perfect. But that isn't because I've got freak genetics. It's not because I've got incredible willpower. It's not because I've got this magic formula diet that no one else has ever understood or, or heard of. It's that I've been grounded on the principles and the mechanisms of weight loss mm-hmm. and understand how much a pound of fat is in terms of calorie deficit. Yeah. And I'll go, how much fat do I want to lose over what period of time? What calorie deficit do I need to do per day or per week? And then how do I achieve such an aggressive calorie deficit throughout a week? And for me, it was five days of 40% reduction, which is aggressive, yep. followed by two days of eating at maintenance. And that shifted the weight. Mm. It was emotionally stable. I, I, it, it met my physical needs for energy and how I kind of fuel my body. Everything works perfectly, but I could not have done that unless I had the knowledge. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I don't want to promote that as like, that's the way you've got to do it because you're going to have to count calories. You're going to have to measure your food. You're going to have to weigh yourself 
almost daily. And although I know those things are really easy to do and take up no more than a few minutes a day for me, max, because you've never done it and you've not used the app and you don't know where to go to do it. It just sounds like scientific data oriented. It sounds like you're going to be a geek and like your life is one big fat experiment. You've got a lab coat on. It, It isn't that. I know it isn't that. But if you've never done it before, it sounds completely overwhelming. Mm. Yet it's probably the simplest thing I could recommend. Yeah, emotionally, psychologically, physically. Mm. That's the that's the barrier to entry. Is I know what would work well for people, but does it fit their personality? Yeah. Does it fit their propensity to learn? Does it fit their propensity to understand stuff? And what's their level of um, appetite for complexity? Yeah. Because that sounds complex. It isn't, but it sounds complex. And therefore, I need someone who's willing to assume some complexity versus I just don't yeah. have to eat any potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know just what I mean? make it super basic. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can, you, you'll turn someone off if, if, if it sounds complicated and they don't like complex, complexity, it will turn them off and that's not going to work. So just figuring out, you've got to figure all these things out. You've got a lot of it is awareness. Who are you? Understanding yourself will then give you the answer, I find. Because that's kind of what we're saying here. What are your psychological needs? Mm-hmm. What are your physical needs? Um, look at your lifestyle. Are you busy on the go all the time or are you not? Like you you got to look at these things and just be self-aware and then you can select what you need to do I, with those mechanisms. I also think you need to, you need to understand if you've got any um, contradictory needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you mean? You, as in, as in, as in, or? as in, you're someone who'd like to have minimal change, right, and ease your way into change, yeah, but also wants incredibly fast Quick results. results. Yeah, it's like those two things don't go together. Well, that that boils down to expectations. Do you know right? what I mean? Yeah, like you have to manage your own expectations. You go, well, okay, I want quick results. However, I'm going to have to do this to get quick results. Now I'm not expecting to do I'm not expecting myself to do that so then I can't expect the quick results. Yeah. So you have to manage your expectations. I, I, that that's it man. But it's it's crazy how simple the answer is yet how complicated it is because you have to be specific and unique and context dependent depending on the person standing in front of you. Mm-hmm. And it's not because their metabolism is any different or yeah. they've got different genetics or they can't handle carbs. It's none of those things. It's bullshit. It's it's the fact that I need to understand what's up here. Yeah. Like, how do you respond to achieving outcomes? How do you respond to setting goals? How do you respond to discipline? How do you respond to complexity? How do you respond to overwhelm? How do you respond to all these things? Yeah. And then based on what floats your boat, what are your must-haves in life, where you seek enjoyment from, and what pain tolerance you have, Mm -hmm. then we can decide on the way you're going to go about it but you're always going to end up using the same fundamental principle yeah do you know what i mean and and i think if people can sign up to just understanding the principles then they don't need me you or anyone else Mm -hmm. they just go i have the knowledge now choose the path practice with a couple of them one's going to feel like shit that one's going to feel a little bit less like shit and then one's going to feel great that's the one i'm going to go do yeah rather than rather than just falling off the wagon and going it's not working. Just go, I need to select a different way of, of, I need to select a different path. And what does that path look like? Less extreme, more extreme. Is it higher calorie, lower calorie? Is it, 
is it fish? Is it chicken? Like, what, 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 what do I like? What are exactly. my preferences? What works for me? So that's kind of like that can get you out of the rut and it can also keep you going when you're feeling like you might go back into the rut you're in before. And then I think the, the last thing on, on that is I think we've just got to do some myth debunking because I think there's, you know, through the last 50 to 70 years, you know, intentionally or otherwise, there's been some myths that are just general, downright slowing people down in terms of weight loss. You know, this idea that you can't eat any cholesterol because otherwise you're going to have high cholesterol. The fact you can't have any fat because fat's going to make you fat. Mm-hmm. The fact you can't have any sugar because sugar's going to make you fat. You know, there, there are so many, so many lies, call them lies or just like misinterpretations of the truth and now we know better. But Chinese irrespective, whispers. some people hang on to those because mm-hmm. when you hear a fact and it sounds convincing, you hold on to it as truth, yeah. as gospel. Yeah, yeah. And people still holding on to the idea that I have to have a low-fat diet to lose weight. I've got to eat lettuce leaf and eat like a rabbit to lose weight. And it's just not true. Mm-hmm. But you've got to be willing to accept that maybe some of the ways when you say, I know what to do, but maybe some of those things that you know aren't actually true. Yeah. Or they're only a very small piece of the puzzle and there's a different way to do it. And yeah. I think if, if you can open up to accepting, like a scientist, like, Scientists don't try and prove that they're right. Mm-hmm. They try and disprove a hypothesis. They say, I wonder if this is true. Now let's try and prove it wrong. Yeah. I don't know. Science is all about saying, I don't know. Let's go find out. Yeah. And if more people can approach dieting saying, I know, I know what I need to do, but and instead they say, I clearly don't know what to do. I've got some ideas. I've done some things in the past. Some things have worked, but I'm here, I'm here for a reason. Mm-hmm. So let's get grounded on principles again. I think that'd exactly. be a, a great place to start. Yeah. I think um, that we because we talk about it all the time, you almost feel like people, everyone knows this stuff. Everyone knows it's not sugar and you, fat doesn't make you fat. And all these myths that are Chinese whispers, one person says it, the media says it, and then the other person says it. And then if you it, see it, it in an article on the a, news, then it's fact. That, well, that's it, right? When someone says coconut is rancid and it's going to kill you, yeah. right? I can't eat coconut then because you heard it on Sky News. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that, that proliferates and that sticks. When yeah. you hear a fact and it sounds convincing, that is truth forever. Yeah. Until you hear enough counter evidence. But you've got to hear it. You've got to look for it to know that eating cholesterol doesn't raise your cholesterol yeah eating eggs isn't going to give you a heart attack like Mm -hmm. you need to know and be convinced that's not the case because you've been told that for 20 years because we got it wrong it's especially for the older generation it's seriously difficult for especially someone younger as well to tell them actually that isn't true even though you've believed it for 20 years yeah um and even if you show them the, the research behind it it's still very difficult for someone that has a belief system for it to be challenged. You, you have to be open-minded. Me and you know that things are always being challenged. You know, we we might contradict ourselves because of new information coming yep. out, and that happens. But it doesn't. But but the thing is, we we still know that the overriding principle and the mechanisms they're still there. They still work. They work. They always have worked, and they always will work. There's methods that may change, but it's it's something that as a coach i have to do all the time is debunk these myths like fat will make you fat and it's it almost sounds over simplified when i i say well actually if you look at it it's actually calories a matter and eating a protein and you almost oversimplified to the point where they're like nah 
Nah, it just doesn't be. make sense. Doesn't make the sense. Only, only way it makes sense is for it to start working for them. They need to have enough trust in you to say, "Sounds bullshit, Bryn, but I'm going to go do it." And yeah. then, oh, hang on a minute, I, yeah. I had like loads of butter this week, and yet I lost weight. Like, it doesn't make any yeah. sense. So, what okay, happened there? <laughs> go, go eat five thousand calories in chicken and broccoli, and and hardly move, and see what happens to your weight. You're going to put on weight, and and vice versa. If you yeah. eat ice cream and pizza you you only have say 500 calories a day you're going to lose weight you, you might feel like shit and look like shit but you will lose weight if you're in a calorie deficit no matter what you're eating mm. so that's where i try and say look you, you you need to look at what why what why why are you losing weight on pizza and ice cream or why are you putting on weight eating chicken and broccoli because it's not the chicken and broccoli or it's not the pizza and ice cream it's the the principle which is calories yeah and, that, and that's how kind of you you have to kind of again it sounds oversimplified but it's it's what works yeah and and i can't help but to feel because i, I hear this when i see hear other people speak is it sounds incredibly condescending when two people who are in shape that are declaring themselves as experts in this field mm -hmm. uh blase judge people listening because that's who it sounds like i'm judging the listener mm -hmm. on this call and, and, and that isn't the intent because I'm judging myself. I've been there too. Yeah. It's that, that level of um, naivety and perhaps a, a smidge of ignorance and then holding on to beliefs that aren't true anymore. That trifecta puts, gets people in trouble. Um, and that's not supposed to be judgmental. I just know that whilst this is incredibly simple, it's not been pushed out in the media mm -hmm. through the generations to be you know accepted as truth clearly understood for the masses to accept believe and then their habits to be adjusted because there's so many contradictory factors right people want us to eat more companies want us to buy more of their food restaurants want us to eat there more often uh cereal makers want us to eat more cereal you know everyone wants us to buy more of their products therefore we don't get the clarity of dietary guidance we need even governments have you know, been influenced by industry and how they've recommended foods for us over well, the de over the decades. So I can understand why people can sense that they know what's right. But in actual fact, it's probably not effective. But that only comes from being curious and wanting to educate yourself. And mm. it, it doesn't require a master's degree, it doesn't mm. require five years of study. As I say, I've got some resources that I'll point to at the back of this show that you know, you if you just consume that stuff, like, and you're you're willing to take it on and mm -hmm. try it, these basic principles will work. Yeah, every time. Yeah, did I mean it's really that straightforward, and it's not meant in any way, shape, or form to be one of judgment because I'm really not coming from that. I'm coming from a place of curiosity. Like, why are we all so different? Why do we respond to diets and yeah. and needs from a a weight loss perspective so differently and it's not the diet it's the personality yeah and you can have any personality and lose weight you've just got to know who you are yeah. and then match the process to who you are and look we're, we're so lucky nowadays to have this information because it as you said there there's these big um companies that are trying to pump thousands of pounds into um marketing to make you eat more of the food and also into the food to make you want more of it and there's not there's no money in the simplistic principles so who's going to promote that it's it's independent people like me and you on a podcast um well we haven't got that, a dog in a fight right yeah that's, exactly yeah. and that, but that's where 
we're so lucky nowadays where we have this information and we the information's out there it's kind of you know we've got podcasts there's blogs and it's all free as well um and that's kind of all we're saying is consider the consider the the main simplistic principles have a look dig a little bit deeper into it we've got caught in the the minutia and actually you know what it doesn't doesn't have to be that way agreed let me let me try and wrap a bow around this for um the listeners to try and grab a kind of next step on this right so here's here's the takeaways for me the first is to accept that whilst you're in a rut um you probably do know how to get out of it you may not know you may not have all the answers you may just have one stark aggressive approach so i'm asking for you to think about who you are as an individual and what your needs are psychologically mentally and physically like what kind of foods and what kind of relationship with food do you have from there if you understand what you need and making sure your needs aren't contradictory let's go about following an approach any approach will do that gets you in a calorie deficit but in doing so do yourself a favor and build on some of these principles which is education and enablement again i'm going to point towards four or five resources that if you read all those you'll have a good grounding on weight management forever building muscle getting a good physique and feeling optimally well secondly understand the mechanics of calories and weight loss and it is really simple yes there's complexity yes our bodies are incredibly complicated but the the principles when measured work mm. whilst they not be 100% accurate because everybody everybody's body is different the principles work if you set the parameters accordingly you will always adjust your weight up or down if calorie balance is yeah. either plus or minus based on where you want to go think about developing lifelong habits and skills versus I just need a fix for the next 5 weeks and then I assume I'm going to have the requisite like skills to be able to continue that weight. It doesn't work that way. Whenever you bounce out of a restrictive diet, you're always going to put weight back on. Everyone does it mm-hmm. because you're going to add more glycogen, you're going to add more water, your body will rebound. The question is how do you get out of a diet and then maintain your weight thereafter while still having freedom and feeling like you've got your life back, the social life, the enjoyment of food? and that comes from developing some habits not habits of abstinence and starvation habits of understanding portion size understanding calories understanding calorie balance and making choices of nutrient density versus just food that makes you feel good in the mm. moment and then you feel like shit afterwards those little habits they can take a while to develop but they don't have to all happen at once you can gradually build in smarter healthy habits and again the resources that point you to are kind of call out what those habits are take take a longer view uh instead of thinking about this in 3 4 weeks 5 weeks think about a year why not now have have milestones for 4 weeks if you want and 2 months from now and 3 months from now but you've got your whole life to enjoy your newfound body and if it ends up taking 9 months to get there then so be it if you get there in a more sustainable way and you know how to sustain it thereafter and it hasn't felt painful that's that that for me is the nirvana i would match your needs as i've said so so you enjoy it and then last thing is and this is going to sound like a weird bit of advice 
But your goal when it comes to weight management should be to know how much how much you can eat and get away with it. Like you want to eat as much as humanly possible whilst managing your weight or losing weight. So instead of this idea of I've got to eat as little as possible to mm. lose weight, your your the the conundrum for you, the, mm. the 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 big question is what's the most I can eat while still meeting my goals? Because when with... you can push that boundary and say, you know what, if I eat I could eat eight hundred calories and lose loads of weight, but I can also eat 1900 calories and mm. still lose weight every week you know consistently and edge myself towards the path I want to be and it doesn't feel as aggressive great I'd rather go for 1900 calories all day long yeah do you know what I mean so push the boundary it should be how much could I possibly eat how much nutrient dense foods can I get in whilst not having the weight go up and if you can find that magic number you'll be a lot happier for it yeah more sustainable nice bow there we go man cool listen um i think that covers it man yep yeah excellent guys thank you for listening to this and if you have any questions you want to contest anything we've said or you just want to add to the conversation you can find us on the facebook adaptation page or you can get us on instagram so adaptation is all about providing you with the tools and expert knowledge to help you improve and optimize your strength health and mindset inside and out until next time guys have a great day. Thank you. Bye. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is Adapt Nation.